I would ask that you can give me the phone number to the painter just so that we can pass it on to other people. The walls are mint. The carpet is mint. The toilet is mint. The dishes are mint. It's just too... Where is... Ain't that much mint in Houston, Texas. I live in Dallas. I, I, I've been to Houston. I ain't never seen mint in Houston until I met y'all. Well, hold on, hold on. But, 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 hold on but, what were you going to say, Toby? But, 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 I was just going to say that besides being extremely inspired by all the music that you've given us, I think the most inspirational thing that you've done, letting us be privileged to observe that part that is on the the left side of your head, but people See, generally want to do the parts on the right side. Both of y'all, both y'all. But I'm ahead. telling you <laughs> that that type of part can take my life <laughs> to the next level. Brothers and sisters, my name is Kirk Franklin, and I come to give you good words. Let's go. So you know we're gonna have a good time because ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, homies and homettes, I got family in the building today, man, you know, because I'm like right up 45 North, you know what I'm saying, Fort Worth, Dallas, right down the street in H-Town. And you know, like Texas is just big, man. It just is bravado and it's hustle and it's energy and it's spirit, how we do family, how we cook, how we, uh, do what we do with our crafts and our art forms. And y'all, this brother and this sister, they just do it big. First of all, he big. I've got to humble myself in his presence because he's a giant next to me. He's a giant in spirit. Uh, she's short like me, but she's a big soldier herself, man. And it's just beautiful because their music has just taken over. They've been independent and they love it that way. You saw them on the BT Awards shutting it down. You see them on social media, selling out shows everywhere. Even the first ladies, Michelle Obama was playing their music on her cassette player. It's just an amazing thing to see how they are impacting culture. And so I just want to just welcome Toby and Fat Nwigwe. on every project I put out from now on. Thank you so much for having us. That was an amazing intro. The best intro we ever had. Incredible. I was just enjoying listening to it. Ah, <laughs> uh, y'all are amazing people. Wow. I gotta bring you out. I gotta on, bring them out, on. bring them out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, <laughs> when the barrel's in your mouth. Come on, yeah, he'll date it, he'll date it. That's good. He'll date it, he'll date it. Ah! I am no. older than you. So we love Kurt. <laughs> you want me to mumble rap? What is this? Is that what you like no, me to no, do? No. Is to mumble? No, 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 that's not what we want at all. As I can give Exactly. You know what, man? Y'all are so beautiful together, man. Like y'all a beautiful you. couple. Where did y'all first meet each other? Did y'all meet each other at the paint store? Like, did you meet each other at Sharon <laughs> Williams? We met at um, at a church, actually. Talk to him. Play the organ. Play the organ real quick. Yeah. So I was church hopping, trying to find a church home mm. here in Houston. Okay. And I ended up coming to a church here, and he was working. Oh, they wasn't paying the young me. Young adult. Like <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> they working. Yep. Working me get a check. What was it about you two together that you just felt like this click? It's because when I met Toby... Come on. When I first met him in Los Angeles, I was already a fan. I was already excited about what he was doing. Like my kids put me on. And then when I met him, I was intimidated because he's so bigger than me. He looked like <laughs> that he could have just taken me and just hurt me and nobody could have come to my rescue. What was it about a fat Toby when you met oh. her that you just knew in your gut of guts, this yeah. is the one God has for you. I would honestly say nothing because when I first met her, I wasn't really feeling her like that. She uh, wasn't exactly what I thought I was looking for at that time. I was young. Mm. I was young. I ain't fully understand the concept of needs versus wants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My mind, I thought I was deep because I was uh, volunteering at the church. 
Yeah, I wasn't deep at all. Shallow in uh, a lot of the ways that I was thinking. But later on, by the grace of God, I was able to develop mentally, uh, spiritually, and emotionally. And I was able to see uh, Fat for who she truly is. That's the first time I made it like that short. Exactly, because you're very long-winded. Tell him to hush. Now I want to know about you, Fat. What about you, Fat? So I was the one that initially saw Toby and was like, God told me that he was my husband. So Uh, I was immediately attracted to him. I heard Mm -hmm. from a guy, he told me that he was my husband. And so- What were uh, you attracted to? You know, you can give details. This is not a Baptist Sunday school podcast. You can give details if you want to. Yeah, Mm. nope. He had the football physique and he was chocolate. He was tall. That's what I was looking for. And also he was like serving and he was- Walking in his purpose, mm. and I could see some a type of leadership about him, mm. and I was really attracted to that as well, for sure. Let me tell you something. When I first met y'all in Los Angeles, huh. you know, I I I was so impressed with the idea that an artist yeah. was married to his spouse more than mm. he was married to his craft, mm. because a lot of times as creators we have affairs with our gifts, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. You know, when somebody says something deep, they just let it marinate. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did you guys know to come together and to do your gifts together? Because a lot of couples, they can't stand being in the same room with each other for a while. How did y'all marry your love for your gifts and made it just uh, as compatible as your love for each other? I'll be honest. I don't think we knew to to do the gifts and uh, all that stuff together like that. I don't think it was that that sweet. I think just as we started maneuvering and moving uh, together, my dream was never to do no music and nothing like that. I've always loved music, but I never saw myself doing it like that. But once I really? understood, yeah, oh, 100%. Now, I've listened to music and loved music since I was young, but I never knew how to play no instruments. I never had interest in figuring out how to play no instruments, learning how the, the musical scale, learning about the treble clef, none of that type of stuff. But once I understood what my call specifically was as it relates to being a, a conduit to the realization of purpose in other people's lives and whatever vehicle guy would have me in, and he like had me in the, the vehicle of music, I don't want to do anything, whether it's music or otherwise, uh, not as my full self and like doing stuff that I don't necessarily do in real life. So like doing the music, I'm, I was like, I'm only going to do it if I could do it with my people who who I do life with. Like when we first started, we wasn't necessarily married, but we was together. So I wasn't going to act like I didn't have a girl. I wasn't going to act like I didn't have a family or a group of people that I specifically do life with. So it was a no-brainer for me just because before I'm any of this, I'm who I am in real life. Yeah, man. Well, you know, Fat, now what about you? Did you want to do music or is your story like his? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I had no aspirations to do music. I got in a relationship with Toby and I just wanted to support him 100% in whatever he had going on. What did you have aspirations to do? I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to paint. I can paint really well. Yes, yes, yes. First of all, I know everything about y'all. I've done my homework. (laughs) You let me lead the narrative. This is the Kirk Franklin podcast. I'm trying to throw the alley-oop on what you're trying to do. And I'm just like, oh, she ain't catching it. All right, cool. No. But, but. When he started doing music, I just wanted to help him. And so he was like, hey, you want to get on this? And I just started doing it with him. That was how it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, y'all get on my nerves. Like, I can't stand that. (laughs) You know, that is very frustrating. The fact that you had these gifts that were just kind of laying dormant and you didn't even know until at the right spiritual (laughs) intersection of each other. Yeah, that's right. Let the baby talk. Let the baby talk. You know, so now, Sister Fat, though, I have to ask you, was there ever a time that you felt like that the music was robbing you of time with your man and time with your family? That's a good question. No, because I was always around when he was doing the music. I would always have input in what he was doing. It was never a situation where he would go and I would just be left alone for like long periods of time. That's not how Toby does it. We do it 
together. Like I helped him do it. So I never felt alone. I always felt like I was a part of it because I was. Yeah, you know, I want you yeah. to know that I'm very proud of him. You don't know this, but Toby called me once and he was asking me for some advice about a tour yeah. and things yep. he was going through. And what I was so impressed by is that the context of his questions were always inclusive of you. Like yeah. it's always whenever I hear him communicate, it is a we. Toby, do you think that that comes from your Nigerian background? Because I've been to Nigeria many times and I know that oh, family no. is something that has another layer with African families. Like when you see African families, their commitment to yeah. home and their children yeah. and their spouse uh, lives is something like I've never seen before. But it's uh, a lot of times in Western culture, we get lax by capitalism and trying to make money. Yeah. But did you, yeah. do you think you got that from your peoples? Uh, I wish I could hang it on my Nigerian culture and like heritage. And, and that's what gave me the mindset, but it's not. Though we are strongly family oriented in certain areas, like when it comes to operating and just being on one accord with my wife, like in all aspects of my life like that, like my dad, both of my parents was uh, in the house, but my dad like worked, my mom worked, my dad was like the disciplinarian, my mom was like the fun out, out outgoing one, but like it wasn't like my mom and dad was trying to like do they work together. It wasn't like everybody always be together. It was like, all right, cool. Y'all stay in the child's place. For, for, for the majority mm. of our Nigerian culture. And we're going to do our thing. And if it, we just so happen to ha have to go to a party or something, we can't get no babysitter. Well, you know, Nigerians bring all their kids to parties. They don't really care like that. Y'all bring your kids to everything. Funerals, oh. bar mitzvahs, oh. you know. The party could end at like <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. The kids going to be there asleep and all like laid out in all the chairs <laughs> while the parents are still up yes. doing thing. Oh, yes. 100%. Yes. That's, that's the culture. <laughs> but no, nah, no. Nah. I think I got it from just my little biblical principles. And just wanting to be on, on the court, like mm. with the family and stuff like that. Mm. And being able to see people like Eric Thomas, like further along in his mm. career, him and his wife, they just be everywhere together. Mm -hmm. Because when you really fool with your wife like that, like you want mm. the closest person to you around like that. And I truly mm. feel like I want Fat around like that because I fool with her the most in real life. She's realer than any other human being in, in life for real to me. But that's how I truly feel. That's why I really always want her around because I don't really know everybody else like that. But I do know this one like that to the death of you gonna me, 100%. Make me, you gonna make me even be more proud of you, King. More proud <laughs> I'm just of you, saying. Man. No, 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 that's beautiful. But at the same time, Sister Fat, I do want to know, <laughs> Evangelist Fat, I do want to know, though, are there ever times that you wish you could keep things separate? You know, like, do you work with him so much do you ever lose your sizzle for him? You know what I mean? You know, you work with him so much that sometimes the fire that you need to have to be separate, because sometimes when you're separate, you know, there's a fire. It's like, oh, oh, I can't wait to get back to my man. I can't wait to get back to my girl. But if you're with each other every day, Sister Fat, how do you look at him and still feel the fire? Do you ever want to be separated sometimes? No. Is that, is that wrong? Oh. <laughs> I don't. I just, no, nah, I'm here. And I love it. I love every moment of it, every minute. I just, I like to be here. I like to be by his side. Like, that's my best friend. And it's oh. okay. I so mean, you don't I really go, need a lot of me time. The only me time I take is to go get my lashes and my nails done. Come on. That's ah. it. <laughs> The only time I really do need to separate, I want to go with him and we'll go to like a different scenery. Like we'll take a trip. I love taking trips. So that's the only like kind of like release that I crave. But other than that, mm -hmm. I'm right here. It's and a, I wouldn't want to be in the world. Do you go through any trauma or any depression or anxiety whenever you travel and and you can't find a room that's meant? <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with him. Hilarious. Just imagine. I wasn't ready for that one. Oh, that was good. That was that's a, that's a good way to get out of there. What if we walked into a so, room and was so, like, ah, white walls? <laughs> Paint it now. <laughs> Paint all of this now. I love, I, I love it. I love it. Yo, Toby, man, you know, you are a dichotomy to me. You are a walking conundrum in some ways because you are not a Christian rapper, but you are unapologetic with yeah. your belief drip. And, and me and 100%. you have had some banging conversations, man, that we've gotten into deep 100%. about what we believe, the things that we don't like about a lot of the infrastructure 
and the systems yeah. that sometimes uphold what we believe in. And we've had that. But when I listen to your music, and though it's very clear to hip hop, there's always something spiritual and something about, mm -hmm. you know, just the nature of your song, like something about the chants and the, doing the hooks in unison and all that. And seeing everybody getting lit and it's very celebratory. Am I reading correctly when I say it still feels like that there's something spiritual ab yeah. about what you do? Oh, 100%. I feel like my music is the uh, gospel for everybody who come from where I come from to a certain extent. That's what's in me. It's just a part of who I am, and I do music for a very, very specific reason. Like, this was never my dream to just get up and showcase my talent. There's a very specific purpose and plan for uh, our music, for sure. Mm -hmm. So then what is the significance, though, of the call and response? Like, why do you make it so congregational? Because in church, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's right. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. You know, like being a young man that has been influenced yep. also by faith, did you mm -hmm. take some of the cultural things that you enjoyed about the coming together on Sunday mornings? Like, you know what? That's ill. I'm going to use that. That's dope. I'm use that. That's whack. I'm not going to use that. That whole call and response style, did you kind of make your own gospel gumbo from that? I'll be honest with you. I took a piece of all different parts of my life and experiences and upbringing. So like in my music, you're always gonna hear some aspect of the culture. And when I say the culture, I don't just mean black culture in the US, I mean my Nigerian heritage as well. You're gonna hear a piece of that. You're gonna hear some form of the spirit because the spirit is truly alive within me. You're gonna hear some mm -hmm. form of soul because that's just in us. We are the soul of the entire universe. Like you can't go nowhere and get no away from the soul that we as black people create. And then you're gonna hear the trap. You're gonna hear the trap yeah. too. You're gonna hear some. Come some on, of, come on, Texas. The, the, oh yeah, oh, yeah. We made it out the mud. We definitely yeah. was in there. Fat more so than me. So then my question though is that since neither one of you, and and it's baffling to me, and it's not fair to all the people listening, to some people listening around. When did you know, even though you were not raised thinking that you would ever do music, what was the moment? Yep. What was that defining light from heaven moment when you were able to go, wait a minute, mm -hmm. we good. It was like a process. I don't think it was one specific moment, but I think there were moments in time that's just like, oh, okay, we really got something. Like the first couple things that I did in music, I was just like, ah, I'm saying something when I'm saying something. But in the grand scheme of things, this trash. It's not really sweet like that. But as we evolved mm. and understood exactly how we wanted to present ourselves, understood exactly how we wanted uh, the the message to sound and, and look, and then started getting acknowledgement from credible sources that have inspired us as we've grown up, like yourself, like Erica Badu, two Dallas wow. native, uh, like Dave Chappelle, Michelle Obama, Beyonce, yeah. everybody who means something to us because of the culture that we come from. And it means more coming from people who have inspired us on the highest level. So when we started getting that yeah. type of acknowledgement, we was like, hey, all right, cool. If, if Kirk and Beyonce and Erica Badu and Dave Chappelle, they think we, oh, we sweet. We good. Then we on the right path. Then like, and th this is our wow. time. This is the people yeah. that we're trying to reach with our stuff anyway. So if the people who inspired yeah. us on the highest level are inspired, what more do you need to ask for as far as knowing it, unless you just don't believe in yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I would agree. I can attest to it. You know, Fat, you and Toby are the new BBCC Winans, you know? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this is. <laughs> he said BBCC. He said that. Now, Fat, I know you might give him some thoughts on when he's doing his rhyme and you let him know when it's hot and when it may not make sense. And then you're a beast on your own, Sister Fat, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Don't get it twisted, you know what I mean? For somebody that just came up, said, you know what? I going to do music one day, you know? Is that the voice that you had? Come on. You know, but I want to know though, Toby, for you yep. and for Fat, like when you're writing your lyrics because of your spiritual background, that, does it ever feel like it's so fluid from you that, that it's almost like you're writing prayers to God? Like it's such a conversation that you guys have musically because y'all are so real in what mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. Is your relationship with God real like that when you chop it up with him? Oh, yeah. I, I would definitely feel like people would be shocked at some of the prayers and stuff that I have uh, with God. They'd be like, oh, He talks to him so normal. Yeah, There's I, none of the fluff. Oh, yeah. Give me an example. 
Give me an example. Oh, no, you don't want that type of example. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. That's what you want. That's not what you want. Yes, I do. You oh, can do man. you. Yes, I want you to deconstruct for somebody listening right now oh, man. how they feel that they can approach their faith with a loving father. Go on and deconstruct that thing yeah, for me. Yeah, no, no knock to anybody who uses all the religious colloquialisms, the, the father guys, the old heavenly da-da-da. And if that's truly your thing, then I'm all for it and like go forth and do what you yeah. do. But I talk to him, not like he's the homie, but like he's my loving father because I truly believe yeah, that. Buddy. So I So I don't do any of the fluff. I don't sit here and try to make up uh, Make it sound just good. eloquent and elaborate yeah. names for them. I feel some type of way about them. I feel like you know how I feel about you. That's why I'm coming. I come in, just talk regular, let them know exactly what's on my heart. Guy, I really don't like this person. I feel like slapping sound out of this person. But because I believe in your principles and I know that, you know what I'm saying, da da da, then I listen to what he tells me in response to how I'm feeling. And I listen to what exactly I should be doing. But I do this on my, a, a daily basis and give them thanks and praise for like all the blessings in my life. Like my life is extremely blessed, but I also yeah. listen to exactly what he is telling me. And I'll wait until I feel like I've heard a specific thing in certain areas. Sometimes I, I know he'll yeah. feel me trying to do too much. Pause. Yeah. And yeah. then he'll just be like, Hey, stop doing it. Just you good. <laughs> and then I, I don't, I, I don't always feel like just sitting down getting on your knees, getting into an actual position is, the only form of prayer. I feel like you could just walk in with him yes. on a regular basis. I talk Amen. to him on a daily basis. Like he's at the forefront of my mind. Yes. And I think I make my decisions and pivot and adjust and stuff on a daily basis, just keeping them on the forefront of my mind and talking to him on a regular. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me ask you that question, man. Oh yeah, you know, I don't mind. Because I do think that the deconstruction of what we've been taught and, and programmed to think is causing so many people to have a wall between them and a real personal uh, relationship with God. Relationship. So, First yeah. Lady Fat, how do you think about your music? in your relationship to, to, to your faith is because I heard that Come you kind of went through a season of kind of like being turned off on them scrubs where you weren't really trying to feel the institution. And, mm -hmm. you know, you even had your experience of church hurt. If you feel comfortable, do, do you mind even sharing what that experience was? Oh, he, yeah, he, oh. Oh, he, he don't care. He, he gonna let you say whatever. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, <laughs> I was raised in church. And so my church was my family. Come and on, so I'll give it to him. Monday through what? Oh, listen, Sunday to Sunday, pretty much. That I'm was, so sorry. That was I'm my so life. sorry. That's too much church. That's too it much was, church. It was, I'm sorry. It was a lot. It was choir rehearsal, was the adult choir, was the youth choir. <laughs> it was a stump team, praise dance. Yeah. It was everything. And so uh, that was my routine. That was my life. And I didn't know anything different. So then growing up, I started dating a guy in church and everybody was okay with it. And it just turned out everybody wanted us to be together, it felt like. like, And it was some things that was happening that was shady and no one told me. And then so when the stuff came mm. out, it was just all a bad situation, mm. but nobody was telling me because we looked good together or they wanted us to be together or they thought that it was okay. And I was just naive and all of that at the time. And so it never went to marriage and it just kept getting pushed off, pushed off, pushed off. I was like, okay, yeah, this, not, this is not right. This is not what I'm supposed to be in. And so that ended and I was so with this man to where I was telling my mom, no, nah, mom, you tripping. He's good, we good, we gonna get married, we gonna do all of this stuff. And it was just, that was never his plan. But everybody around me was telling me that was his plan, you know? And wow. so when that didn't happen, I had always felt like in my heart that I was supposed to leave Michigan and I was supposed to go somewhere and do something major. When that ended, that was like, okay, ain't nothing holding me here no more. I can get up and go. And I left to Houston, not just because of that, but I had planned on leaving before that anyways. So when I got to Houston, I lived my life for a while. I went on a sabbatical. I lived my life. I was clubbing. Mm. I was enjoying myself in the city because I was free from the church. Could you dance? Like, oh, yes. like, 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 were you a good dancer whenever you went yes, out? Yes, I was. Okay. So even though you were a church girl, you still understood some moves. You were, you were able to do a, oh, a, yes. a good- Oh, I adapted very quickly. And no, it wasn't- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So did, your, uh, uh. so did your spirituality change after that experience, Fat? 
I always knew during that whole process that it was people that was doing me like that and not God. So I never felt disconnected from God. I disconnected myself from the church because I just needed a break from the foolishness that they were providing mm. for me. Yeah, it was real. And so I just started doing what I wanted to do. But I never felt like, I never felt any type of way towards God because I knew it wasn't him. It was always mm. the people doing what they wanted to do and then slapping God's name on it. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. mm. How did you find your way back? Like, how did you find balance between the people and God? How did you find that safe place back into the heart of the Lord? Well, after I freed myself a little bit, <laughs> I came back. Stop, Toby. I'm not gonna ask you I how started, you freed yourself. I started to miss. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna I, ask you how you spread Toby. your wings and fly. <laughs> Were you still I, listening to a little Kirk Franklin? It's because you know <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you still listening to a little Kirk Franklin? Always, always. It's because, you know, I heard that Kirk's music can also be for people that's kind of like in the middle. You know what I'm saying? If they oh, want to be a little ratchet lukewarm. and have a little worship, you know, that's what I've heard about his music. I've really never heard nothing that he does yet, oh, you know, but 100%. I just want to know, were you able to, you know? <laughs> no, he, he's absolutely. And I ended up feeling a longing in me to, to be back in church because I wanted to worship him to music. Like I wanted mm. to be a part. I loved worship at church. And so that's when I started church hopping in Houston, trying to find my church home. So I did end up coming back because it was never me like separating myself from God, just the people of the church. And so now I know like, mm. you know, before I wasn't aware of how much I was, you know, in church and like with the people and doing that type of stuff. But now I'm aware of Everybody doesn't have the pure intentions for you. And you just mm -hmm. have to have discernment mm -hmm. when you're dealing. I mean, that's in any mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Like when you're in the streets, you got to have discernment. Everybody ain't got your best interests oh. at heart. And that's yeah. the reality of it. So for me to just walk up in the church and be like, oh, here I am. I'm completely naive, vulnerable, all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be completely closed either, but you do have to have discernment and understand how to move in yeah. those types of environments. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. With that, we're going to take a quick break. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold and breathe? You get into ice water, and instead of, like, freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. 
I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof method? We can override even death. Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. And let's get back into it. Yo, fat, that story is so beautiful, man. And I think it's just so comforting to know that when God got you, you can never go too far where he won't pull that heart back home. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is just the dopest thing about the heart of God, man. And you know, same thing with that man you sit next to, because to me, even his experience growing up Catholic, and you know, for a lot of lay people, they think that Catholicism is like a denomination of Christianity. But yep. it is a totally different belief system. Oh, come it on, is come a on, totally different it. construct. Yes, you know it what is. I mean? And when you get into the tenets of Catholicism, it's not synonymous to no. a mm. Protestant faith. And that's not mm. the down Catholicism. It's just not the same. And, mm-hmm. and for a lot mm-hmm. of people, they think it is the same. Mm-hmm. How was it for you, bro, being mm-hmm. raised Catholic? And when you said that you weren't going to rock with the saints no more, <laughs> and you said that you was going to rock with Jesus. How did that moment affect you and your family? I think they was cool because I kind of had a, uh, the, the revelation was brought to me by my grandpa before he passed. Mm-hmm. And he just questioned me on like what I was doing. And I was just like, you believe in Christ? I'm like, yeah, I believe in Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. So you believe that he died for your sin? I'm like, yeah, why not? He like, all right, cool. So, if, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, if you do believe that, then why are you going to tell this man all the, the wrong that you've done? Why are you wow. telling this one person, if you have the same access to the one that you say that you believe in, why are you telling this man? So why when this man tell you to atone for what it is that you've done wrong, you say a prayer to this person, this person, this person, who don't got nothing to do with the person that you say you believe in, you steal something. Why you just got to say this prayer, but you don't never got to actually go return the stuff that you stole? Or tell the person that mm. you stole the stuff from, hey, I stole this from you. Or I did you wrong. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I should look into that, Papa. And I did. Now, was that your it, mama's dad? Was, no, was no, that was dad my dad's dad. dad. My dad's okay. dad, he stayed with us a little bit when I was in high school. And he was the one who really helped me understand further that it's about having a real relationship with, with God and not like, I can't make it off somebody else's experiences mm-hmm. with God. Somebody else's relationship. Relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you to got have my, own. my yeah. own like real relationship. So once I understood that, then I was able to maneuver and uh, operate differently. Salute to him, man. Salute to him. Oh, yeah. He was a realist. And I love the architecture of his question, right? You know what I mean? And what's crazy is, is because you were creative before you knew you were creative. He yeah. gave you a picture Yep. That you were able to visualize exactly what he was saying and you were able to get it in, in a context that fits you. And I think that's dope of God, too. And I also yes. think that it's dope that you, too, see the need to continue to try to make God. And and I'm very careful when I say this because I know a lot of people get offended when I say this, Toby and Fab. When we talk about making God cool for the kids and making God relevant for the kids, we don't mean no harm in that. We are not trying to take away from the holiness of God. But when you hear fat story and when you look at what you have experienced, and I know you were part of young life when you were in college and, yeah. and you had a child oh, or, 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 or maybe high school. Yeah, man, I did my research, Pim. I, I did my research. It's what I do. Hey, you did it's what I do. Research. I'm not going to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not coming to my. So uh, what you going to be when yeah. you grow up? No, man. Come it's on, a podcast. Bro. I'm talking to kings and queens. I got to be prepared. Yeah. What do we do? Looking at the mistakes that institutionalized religion and the damage that it has done to yep. the younger generation. What yep. can we do to get kids to want to go back to church? What you called to do. That's what you do. Because this is the thing. You said it earlier, but I truly don't feel like that. I truly don't believe that you have to make God cool. I feel like God himself is the coolest creator. Being, being the coolest I am that has ever existed. Mm. I feel like a lot of the times... The people who want to represent Christ in the world are people who, unfortunately, still want to be affirmed and accepted by the world. I feel like a lot of that be their ultimate goal. Mm. And Mm. 
the moment they get a chance to be accepted by the world outside of doing like air quote church stuff, they'll jump on that yeah. and completely compromise all that, that they said that they stood for, for an ounce of, of affirmation from the world. Yeah. When what I feel like is the, the, the true representation of Christ is being your whole self in Christ. And mm. just truly accepting who you are and who your identity is in Christ. And and I feel like we have a, I hate to say the word. Oh, man. No, 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 King, keep talking. Oh, King. I'm only talking like this because it's you. But I don't do the whole, the Thank PC you. stuff. I don't know how to say it a way that Thank everybody you. Neither do I. a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? But Neither I'm saying, do I. A lot of the times you have a lot of people who were lame in real life. You never mm. accepted yourself, and now you want to do stuff and make it seem like you accept who you are in Christ. And it's like, bro, you ain't never even accepted yourself. You ain't wow. never even forgave yourself for the stuff that you did, with, that, that you feel like wow. was some type of way. You ain't never even fully accepted all that is you and all that is you in your relationship with Christ, which is why you can't truly represent what you, you don't even truly believe like that. You don't even truly believe it like that, but you want to mask it and parade around like you truly believe like that. And I just am thankful by the grace of God that I have a real tangible relationship. I was lost and I was doing like a lot of bad stuff. I was moving a very stupid way. Mm -hmm. And I got a real relationship with God and I switched the principles and stuff that I was moving by and it really saved me. Not from just doing the stupid stuff, but from myself. Because in at the core of me, like a lot of the stuff that I want to do is trash. And it's rooted in trash. Mm. And Amen. it's not really the Amen. right way that I want to move. I can be the way that I am now because I truly believe what it is. I'll die for what I believe. For real, for real. And I'm convicted by the principles in which I follow. And everybody Oof. ain't necessarily built like that. No knock to nobody. But I just feel like it really hurts the people who are really ignorant to what a real relationship with Christ look like, where they haven't been able to see it on display the way that it need to look. Like Christ wasn't lame. Christ was the livest person to ever walk the earth. Amen. There wasn't no Instagram or nothing like that. That's why we still talk about him now. That's Amen. why when he did stuff, he wasn't a common person. Yeah. Even yeah. though he was amongst the commoners. I don't know why I'm yeah. getting so, yeah. so hype about it. Maybe because it's Kirk Franklin. I, I, I can't be more proud of this conversation. I am so encouraged and inspired that there's a generation <sighs> that can still be swaggy and have God's soul. You know, that, the fluidity that you talk about your man and the fluidity and compassion that you talk about your queen is, I think, is something that I've noticed that all across your platforms and your careers, people have come to love the level of vulnerability and honesty and transparency that you love each other through. Y'all know me and Tammy been married 26 years, you know, and, Come on. And, and that level of vulnerability and transparency is what's so healthy. And just like me, you know, when I had the whole Oprah Winfrey moment, when I was sharing my testimony, a lot of people trashed me. A lot of people were not happy with that. And I'm quite sure that you two may have had moments in your marriage where maybe your level of honesty and transparency and, and vulnerability has not always been accepted by everybody that's followed you. And y'all have trusted me with this conversation enough to know that there will never be any moment of, of sensationalism. Come on. But has there ever been anything that you've ever wanted to share or to clarify about your love for each other that maybe on other platforms you've never had a chance, but you know this is a safe, loving place that is building up this godly love that y'all have for each other? Do you? I just want, like, when I tell you this is top-tier transitioning. Mm -hmm. My, when we do interviews and stuff like that, we just talk however it is that we talk. We don't <laughs> care about holding nothing back or saying nothing back. But I, I just wanted the masterfulness that in which you just did that. That all oh, that was phenomenal. Oh, that was phenomenal. Wow. Well, you got a black man blushing. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I want to throw the diaper at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, nah, but, uh, yeah. You heard, you heard the question. What you want to talk about? Anything you want to clarify? No, um, 
I feel like we have been completely transparent oh, on every aspect of our relationship. Yeah. And even so much so, we did a whole Forever Twisted on YouTube early in our relationship talking about how we got together and how we got married. And so if people really wanted to know, it's all on there. And I don't mm. think it needs any clarification. If you watch it from start to finish, you can understand exactly what we're saying. And that's our story. There's nothing to be clarified if I've been telling the truth this whole time. As somebody who is a strong, powerful woman, I'm married to a strong, powerful woman who yes. loves you. Tammy, let me tell you how, you know, <laughs> she loves you, Miss Fat. And I love her you too. You know, how, how does it feel though? Like even for the both of you, for Tammy and for you, you know, like how does it feel sometimes to be scrutinized for living such an honest life? And for what is loving honestly, living mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. living uh, in, in your truth, but still being scrutinized. Because the problem is that everybody ain't got to live their they marriage publicly. Yep. And sometimes when mm -hmm. you got to do that, it's like, God, how do I do this? How do I love you but not kill them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know what? I, I will be 100% honest. Uh, I don't really, I don't really care like that. And, and because... Let me clean that up. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's I don't my really, spot. I don't really care <laughs> about the mean things people say because I see past that. And I understand that when people are saying those types of things about us, mm -hmm. it's because they've been hurt. It's because they've been through trauma. Mm -hmm. And all, like sometimes I say stuff about Toby and it might trigger a whole situation in their life or in their past or something oh. like that that they haven't dealt with. And wow. so when they say or they shoot like bad comments at us or stuff, I don't I don't care enough about the comment rather than dang they hurting or you know what I'm saying that they, mm. they somebody really did a number on them for them to look at love transparency mm. and see something bad about it. And that is where I'm at. Like I don't. It doesn't ruffle my feathers so much for for me to be scrutinized and criticized. It's not going to change our relationship. It's not going to change my relationship with God. And in the whole, you know, display of it, you're showing me what happened to you. Yeah. And so that hurts me, you know, that somebody would do that a number on you to make you say something about honesty and truth and love. Is is kind of mm. sad. What about you, Toby? I, I was going to say something, but I feel like Fat, she said it all. The only reason that we show you the stuff that we show you is for our people to understand that it's possible mm -hmm. to, to like have a successful marriage like that. And I ain't saying that we perfect, but yeah, yeah. we really fool with each other. Yes. You can really love like your wife and like do whatever it is that you're trying to do mm -hmm. and keep God mm -hmm. first. Like, and your family next and then everything else after that. Like, it's possible. And I would not have known it was possible had I seen the examples that I've seen in my life. Mm. So I just feel like I'm trying to be that example that I got to see through E and DD and C and Candace and Fred and uh, Cherry. Like, through those examples that I saw, we ain't been able to see it on a real level like that outside of, watch this, Michelle and Barack. Yeah. Like outside of them, we can't really name nobody that we didn't see and be yeah. like, man. Yeah. No scandals, yeah. no this, no that. And it's just like, yeah. bro, we need more examples. Now it ain't gonna look as cookie cutter as you want it to look. It ain't gonna look like uh Walt Disney. It ain't gonna look yes. like magic carpet rides. And yes. I kiss you and you wake up from your uh slumber. But it's mm. gonna look like real life. Yeah. And it's gonna look mm. like, oh, there's tension in this area, but then this is how you resolve the tension. Mm -hmm. There's and still like you know, be able to have a beautiful relationship by the grace of God. But the people do want to know though, you guys, and I'm going to ask you to even try to be even more transparent. Do you think your marriage would be stronger if you could find mint colored diapers for your kids? I knew he was going to say it. I knew he was going to say it, fat. First time I wasn't ready. But this time I was like, he, he doing it deep to try to slap us. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, that's good. Mint colored diapers. Yeah, no, no. Let's talk about these babies. Y'all are on tiny desk with your babies. Y'all are at Carnegie Hall with your babies. Y'all are doing TV commercial with your babies. Y'all got to go to court for traffic tickets with your babies. I need to know how do you balance everything? 
and still be these beast of parents. I would, let's talk about parenthood, bro. Yep. Come on. I'm Come just on. asking, hey. how do you do that? You know, it's beautiful. Watching it on camera is beautiful. But how does it look day to day? How does yeah. it do with naps? How does it look with potty training? How does it look when you're trying to get a little sexual healing on just the two of you? How does all that work? My, my boy Blueface said, ain't no hood harder than fatherhood. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Listen, Amen. it's a full-time job. Absolutely. And it's intense. It's, it's really intense. So when we first started out, like, doing this and, like, traveling, like, I have never been on tour and not been pregnant. Actually, no, this last tour was the first tour I've been on first. and I wasn't pregnant. That whole time I was always <laughs> pregnant, had a baby in my hands, all this stuff. I was just been doing everything when my baby's right there with me. And they went everywhere how? mommy and daddy went. But people want to know how. If Toby is on stage doing sound check or like, you know, helping with the band or mm -hmm. the angels or anything like that, I'm right on the side with the babies in my hand, like probably one on my lap, one right next to me, yep. or like our head angel Karn will help out with them while I go on stage and I like test my sound or like we all in the green room. And now, now I have help. Like, so now I have a-, a For the first time, our, once we got to three, we mastered two, for yeah, three, three we was like, like, all right, we need somebody. All right, come on, we can get a little So now I have someone that comes with us on this last tour, she was traveling with me. She would get on the plane with us. She'd have one of my babies with her. We'd have Toby would be up there in front, like with us, and we'll all like fly together, travel together. She stays like in a hotel room that's like right by ours, and they go with uh -huh. her at night. They come in the morning, we get them dressed and all that stuff. Like, learn so how to just, fix just a plane gotta, while flying. Yeah. That's what we had to do. Yeah. Wow. And then when I were wow. home a lot, so I have them on a schedule at home. And so when we got to go places and stuff, she comes to the house and helps watch them and all of that too. So now Evangelist Fat, when you travel in, why you keep laughing at me? The elevation Just for, of the names. I know, I know, I know, no, no, no. You know what though? You are very observant, King. You be paying come attention on. trying to do my uh, little thing when on. I do what I do, how I yeah. do it. But then let's talk about vacations though. When you get off tour, you know, and, and, and you want some downtime, do you bring the babies? So. Come on, talk to them. Yes. But um, the last vacation we took, I was pregnant with my second, and we only had Ivory. So we only had one baby with us. We went to Mexico. We only went on one vacation so far. Like, I got another one in the works. And when we go, yes, we might have the babies with us. But if we do, then their nanny will come with us. And we will do the same setup we do in like a normal hotel. <laughs> so that's the thing. I love taking trips. So I, I am trying to go somewhere else very, very soon. And I do want to take a vacation. Because we do. We love our kids and we want to like have time with them on vacation and do all the fun things with them that we can do. Where y'all going to go? That's where I'm stuck and I'm trying to find somewhere amazing to go. Y'all should go to Galveston. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Galveston is like right down the street. It's oh, the beach park. It's a beach part. It's a beach part of uh, Texas. I'm talking about water look like doo doo. Listen, <laughs> like doo doo water. Funny. Oh, I promise you. Yep. So, so you know, it's just beautiful, man, to see somebody have the mindset that it's very much village. And as a matter of fact, I want to talk about these videos and these creatives and the beautiful kinky hair and the dripping and y'all got the Black Angels Collectives. I want to know, how do y'all come up with the visuals for your videos and what that vision is? In fact, I know that you're trained, you know, you've had a chance to study art. I want to know what gives y'all the liberty and the freedom to be able to tap into so much excellence as creators and curators of ideas. God has gifted us with uh, a vision for just a lot of things that's aesthetically creative. And it's a gift. I, I thank God for the mindset that he's given me and the vision that he's given me to do the things that I do and just the natural gift and talents and stuff that he's given back. Cause she's truly, and I tell her this all the time, but she think I'll be just trying to give her compliments and build her up, but she's truly one of the t most talented people that I've ever seen in my wow. life. And stuff she wow. does that would take people years of practice and trying to develop a skill. There's some things that she just do extremely naturally that is just, it's mind blowing. And wow. she told me that she's felt the same way about things that I do, but I just be like, Cap. 
Wow. How, wow. Do you know? How do you say that's cap though? That's big cap. Because I, a lot of these things that I do, like I've learned because I come from the hood. You studied some of it in school too, right, Toby? I, I studied textiles and I did fashion merchandising and stuff like that. But it ain't get me as far as like being able to, like what I developed in the hood as far as being able to pay attention to my surroundings and understand and learn from what it is that I'm seeing and, and how things operate and move and stuff like that. I just get in different environments and stuff and I'm able to pick up on certain things. And you're saying because you're able to do that, that makes it less amazing? Are you kidding me? That is less amazing to me being able to say, you with no formal training, draw my face and you draw my exact face. Not like a caricature, like what they do at Astroworld. When I saw her first draw for the first time, it wasn't pencil, you can't erase. When I saw her draw something, it was my niece at the time. Right when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, do me next. Wow, wow, hundred percent. Wow. But she's just that kind of talent. So Toby, how do you come up with the visuals for your videos? Like what exactly is that process? Because they are amazing. And I, I, I want people to remember, Toby, in fact, you guys have decided to stay independent as artists. 100%. So it's like your videos are just on the same level as people that have record deals. So like, yes. how do you do that? I think I learned it over time with exactly how I want to present myself. If you look at some of the earlier videos that I did, they were not what they are now because I was like figuring it out. And once I figured out exactly how I wanted to piece and put my stuff together that fully represents who I am, who we are, and what I want our people to be able to glean from it, I think it started becoming what it is that you see today. But it's just like me pulling from different experiences on a regular basis. And just like not having, not being set in one specific style or uh, type of way or anything like that. Why mint? Now, most people ask me this and they think it's going to be something deep. But we did a video at this museum one time and they had one of these break rooms that had mint carpet and mint walls. And I said to myself, when I get me a crib, I'm going to have me a whole mint section. And that's all that it was. Mm -hmm. And we made the house mint during, like, right before the pandemic hit. He said and, he and, liked how it felt when he sat in the room. He liked how it made him feel. Now, usually I don't say no stuff that make you just sound like an artist like that. But that's I know that, that is the truth. But that's like the first time I ever said something that just sound artistic. Most of the time I just <laughs> keep it real human. I just keep it real regular. <laughs> it made me feel fresh. And it just took on a whole life of its own. I, I love the color. I ain't gonna lie to you. So was it as natural for you in your artistry like that to also be so inclusive of your blackness? Because when yeah. we watch your videos or when we say anything that is in the context of art from the both of you, you both are unapologetic uh, yeah. in your African experience and expression. So what is that about your creativity that you tap so deep into your cultural experience. I feel like I have a distinct and very specific calling on my life to be a bridge between both cultures here and home. I have a authentic and genuine full African-American experience and full African experience. The home that I grew up in gave me a full African experience. But when I went to the schoolhouse, I had nothing but black American friends. And that was the culture that I was uh, uh, a part of. When I was young, like I fought against it and wanted to be more black American than I was a Nigerian. Mm, but it wasn't until mm. I figured out like, oh, my name, my culture is rooted in something that, mm -hmm. that means something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I was able to take pride in that and understand like, oh, okay, all right, my name means praise God. All right, cool, 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 cool. We do this because of this. We do that because of this. I have a, a real relationship with my grandpa. I know where we come from. And once I learned that it means something, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was able to take pride in it and like understand exactly who I am and exactly what my call is for both of my genuine cultures. I'm not mm -hmm. just one mm -hmm. or the other. I'm genuinely both. Like if you hear somebody from back home try to rap like they from Houston, you're gonna be like, ah, something sounds off. When you hear me rap like this, and then you hear me speaking 
with with pigeon English or something like that. Like, hey, what's gonna be the problem with you? It's a very real thing because I have both of those real experiences. And and evangelist fat, when you were single, were you as connected to having such a black compass? Or did it become a place of enlightenment for you marrying someone of Nigerian descent? That's actually a good question. I feel like I've always had a very good black compass. My world was expanded when I met Toby because to the Nigerian part mm-hmm. of you know culture. In Michigan, it was so segregated that we were just in the hood and it was just black people. And you know, all the outskirts is white people. Like downtown, we didn't really get downtown. We just stayed in our little section in in Grand Rapids. All I knew in my school was 90% black. Like Mm -hmm. that's all I knew. I had like one Caucasian friend and a few Latinos in there, but everybody else was black. I feel like my black compass was very, very good. I did not realize the whole African part Mm -hmm. of it. I wasn't used to it. So when I met Toby, Oh, okay. So they're not just what they show us on TV. Hungry she was looking for and, a fly in the eye. That's you know what, what she was because looking Because that's what I was taught via, you know, yeah. media. <laughs> I, I, I never been to Nigeria or I even had African friends. I was just in the hood with black people and that was my life. And so when I met Toby, it just expanded my world and my understanding of culture, you know, mm. so it was really cool to experience. So the both of you, though, y'all do not shy away from addressing you know, topics like white supremacy in your work. Hmm. Is there a reason why you two made a decision to be so intentional ab- about addressing those areas that some still feel taboo? Because remember, as artists, sometimes we are called to just do our art and not be engaged in social commentary or or any topics that are polarizing. So what was the aha moment? What was the illumination to be so engaged in topics like white supremacy? Uh, For me, it was easy. It affected people who come from where I come from. And I'm only doing this to reach people who come from where I come from. So it's very simple. Like I understood what the purpose of my music was uh, by the grace of God before I started. So I never like felt like, oh, should should I say something? It ain't a thing to me because I understand exactly what why I'm doing this. So I'm going to talk about it. Why? Because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then I got to ask you this, and here's a good one for you. All right. I've been wanting to ask you this as I've been doing my research and, 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 and just kind of going through. Yes. Yes, you can. They come here. Come here. Uncle Kurt. <laughs> That's their house. Hey, come on. 100%. I ain't mad at it. So in this topic, when we talk about race, and it's a difficult conversation, there are some black people that would say that where we are, that they're not going to explain racism or white supremacy to white people. Some people of color have, have become fatigued and try to 100%. explain themselves to white people, try to ex- yeah. explain the issues that continue to affect our people systemically, right? And yeah. then some black people say, well, if we don't have dialogue, then there could be no change. 100%. There's one side of black people that would say, I'm tired of trying to explain. I'm I'm tired of trying to communicate. There's another side that says that if we don't engage, then we really not being who we're supposed to be as God's children trying to make a difference. I would love to know from either one of you, what side do you find yourself on the most? Oh, both of them. Mm -hmm. Yep, I find myself on both of them. But this is how I feel about it. Now, I got the energy to explain to my white friends and my white associates. If I don't know you, bruh, I'm not really interested in, black or white, I'm not really interested in trying to explain nothing like that in general. Because I got what? A wife and kids that I got to explain stuff to. I'm not trying to explain stuff to you like that outside of this house. (laughs) I feel like, look, God didn't give y'all freedom to do what you will and what you want. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Listen, as long as what you're doing ain't affecting me like that, go do what you do. Now, I feel both sides, though. Now, I definitely believe it is necessary and people are going to have to hear some stuff. And I de- definitely believe that people have been trying to say stuff and they're tired of saying it. Now, yes. you got to figure out which one you want to participate in on a daily basis. Is you tired or is you trying to talk in- and create change? Because change yeah. don't come from being tired. Change comes from action. 
I think a lot of people are tired of talking about it because 100%. they're talking to people that don't want to hear it. Mm. Um, so you exhaust yourself because you mm. have to keep saying over and over and over again, and that person is not trying to hear you. They're not trying to like adhere to what you're saying at all. And then on the other side, I do agree that you know change can only happen like if you yes. talk something different, then you can actually change. I think people should just when they're approached with the opportunity to talk. Or tell somebody they have to be interested in it or understanding, you know, what am I doing wrong or what? You can't make somebody different. They have to want Mm. it for themselves. You can't make Mm. anyone do anything. Mm. And so if you are in this situation where somebody is actually trying to hear or understand your side of the story, don't be exhausted for that person. You wasted your breath on the other person that won't try to hear you. Go ahead and have that conversation with that person because maybe that conversation will strike 20 of their white friends. So Dr. Prophetess, Bishop Triss. (laughs) Come on, Bishop Triss. What is the most beautiful thing about being black? Oh, I got to pick one thing. I love everything about being black. I love our skin. I love our beauty. I love the way we influence the world. Mm. Uh, He said the most. I know. I I can't just pick one, though. I love being black. I love the fact that when we go outside, our skin changes with the amount of sun we get. I love our full lips. I love our hair texture. I love how we have every shade. In our race, we have every mm. shade from light to dark, everyone, and we're all black. I love that. Mm. It's beautiful to me. That sounded like a song, man. Her answer is a song, bro. Yeah. What do you, Toby, fear the most as a black man in America? Oh, God. In the words of DeAndre Hopkins, I fear God, homie. That's it. <laughs> that is it. My man, nothing else. And I told Fat before that I, I have accepted the, the the fact that death is a fact, that everything must come to an end. I feel like the greatest fear for most is death. Yes. Uh, and I've already accepted the fact that one day it will come to an end, and that's okay. How did you overcome that fear? That first and foremost, it is what it is. That's the way it is designed to be. And... The, the one I'm in in relationship with has given me a specific call on my life to like to do with the time that I have while I'm here. So it's like, bro, make the most of the gift that is the present and everything else just is what it is. I, the, and I've said this plenty of times before, I just want to die empty. I don't want to leave no potential. I just want to do everything that I'm supposed yes. to do and then go yes. ahead and get me up out of here to my eternal life. And we, you know what I'm saying? And, and we can celebrate. I don't want to be with sitting with Moses and them talking about, man, yeah, what you did? Oh, yeah, man, I had a job. I had, paid my little mortgage. I did my little thing. I did my this. I did my that. Like, oh, wow, that's good. I want to be talking about, yeah, man, the things that I did for the kingdom. That's it. I want my great reward. That's it. Toby and Fad, I want to tell you that this has been an incredible honor, an incredible opportunity to talk and engage with you guys. I have been so encouraged and inspired. You two have given me hope that God still matters to a generation. 100%. We we let the generation down and to know that God is so fire that he picked up what we dropped. Yeah. And so it has been an honor to have this opportunity to talk with you. Thank you for making a time out with the babies. I'm gonna let you go. We love I'm you. so impressed with you, First Lady Fat and Bishop uh, Toby. I'm just so yeah. glad. <laughs> and thank y'all for joining your boy, Kirk, man, today on Good Words. I love y'all. Salute to the king and queen. Thank you for we, having us. Yeah, we thank love you. you. And we only did this because it's you. That's right. We love <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you. Amazing. Did you enjoy oh, it? Absolutely. Oh, come on. Absolutely. Any moment with you was a blessing. I, well, same this here. This is crazy. Okay. Y'all go enjoy your family. Yes, the babies. I love to hear the babies in there. Come on, y'all come say hi to Uncle Kirk. (laughs) 
So thank y'all so much for listening to Good Words, man. I hope you are enjoying yourself. I hope you're, man, enjoying the journey that you're taking with your boy. And if you are, please do me a favor. Leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Can you do that for me? I'd appreciate it. And don't you forget, you can never go too far or you can't come back home. Good Words with Kirk Franklin is a collaboration between For Your Soul Entertainment, Sony Music Entertainment, RCA Inspiration, and something else. Produced by Janicia Francis with senior producer Danielle Jones-Wesley. Associate producers are Danya Abdel-Hamid, Rachel Chodar, and Kyra Asabe-Bansu. It's executive produced by Ron Hill, Reese Brooks, Sarita Wesley, Tom Koenig, Hybrid Agency, and myself, your boy, Kirk Franklin. This episode was mixed by Calvin Bailiff, and special thanks to Charlie Yador and Steve Ackerman.